Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today we're joined by Rafael Anyorga, originally from Peru. He is a CRISPR researcher at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. What is CRISPR? That's a great question, and we're going to discuss it in our conversation. The 20th century focused on physics. The 21st century is focused on biology. People want to live longer, healthier, and happier. So CRISPR is a gene editing tool that allows us to remove certain DNA that causes diseases like Alzheimer's or Down syndrome. Uh, we're at the very beginning of this, but there seems to be infinite possibilities. This is probably our wildest and most perspective-expanding episode so far. So uh, Jennifer Dudna, she's credited as kind of like the pioneer of gene editing and CRISPR. And Walter Isaacson did a biography on her that came out last year in May. Um, I haven't read it yet, but Walter Isaacson, I consider him to be like the premier biographer. He's done books on Leonardo da Vinci, Albert Einstein, Benjamin Franklin, Steve Jobs. So for him to do a biography on Jennifer Doudna, it shows you the magnitude of, of what this is. So Raphael and I have a conversation about what is possible. What, is, what does the timeline look like? What are the bioethics involved? And what does the future of the human race look like? This is an exciting and intense episode. You can follow Raphael on Instagram at Raphael underscore A1206. You can also follow this podcast on all the social platforms. You can subscribe on YouTube at Rich Convos on TikTok and Instagram, at Rich Convos Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Message us for any topics you'd like us to explore or guests that you think would be thoughtful and insightful. Now, get ready. We're going to explore the potential of biotechnology in the 21st century and beyond. Let's begin. All right. Welcome to Rich Conversations. This is another special episode. We have Rafael Anyorga, and he's joining us. He is originally from Peru, but he's at University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, and uh, we're going to talk about technology and all sorts of things. I'm really excited. Welcome to the show. Hi, Rick. Thank you so much for inviting me here. So this is for those listening and watching. We're recording this on a, a Saturday night. And uh, that's kind of what my nights come down to, or my, my like weekends. I'm like fascinated about technology, and Raphael's going to help us understand CRISPR, the technology of CRISPR, and biology, all sorts of fun stuff. I'm excited. <laughs> Why don't you introduce yourself? Well, hello everyone. Um, as Rick say, I'm Raphael. I'm currently from Peru, and I am I am a transfer student, and I'm a senior in biology here at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. And, well, I'm really excited to talk about biotechnology today. So what do we have? Okay. Well, first, before we get into the technology, we got we got to pump the brakes a little bit because okay. in the episode, we're going to talk about CRISPR, which I'm so fascinated to learn more about because, like, I feel like this is, 
I'm very interested in like biotechnology and like how like biology and technology, we're going to use it in the 21st century to live uh, longer, healthier and happier. Um, CRISPR is like this. Well, we'll talk about it later. Right now, I want to know <laughs> a little bit about Peru. So like, for sure, what's the general vibe in Peru? Okay, so that might be very well say it's quite different than the U.S. Like regarding the American the grading system, um, when I came here to U of I, the grading system was in, incredibly different than the one I, I have previously in Peru, and it was quite hard to adapt. Then, um, well, in terms of how the vibe is around the country, the food, yeah. the food and the culture are like amazing. The what you said? The food? Yeah, the food and the culture. Yeah, the food. I I have eaten Peruvian food this this last summer. Uh, yeah, what what do you call that purple drink? Chichamora. Yeah, that stuff is so yeah. good. So amazing, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's so good and some great steaks. It was like we had some uh, steak at the Peruvian restaurant. It's pretty nice. Well, okay, so what about the culture? What's it What's it like? So, well, have you ever heard about Machu Picchu? Yes, yes. I've been there before. Um, we have like all the Inca history, how the Spanish came to South America, how they came to Peru. Um, like that country is also divided in three separate regions. We have the coast, the jungle, and the mountains. And in every single region, we have like different traditions. Really? Can you elaborate on that? That's really interesting. She said, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, if you're not familiar with geography, Peru is right on the coast, the west coast of South America. So, and it has the Andes running through it. It's a very prominent mountain mm -hmm. range. Um, so you have the mountains and then the other side, jungle, all jungle. Yeah, elaborate. Oh, yes. So usually um, when it comes to the coast, like the two regions, like they have different traditions, different food styles, uh, like... The really big city in Peru, like the capital Lima, that's basically the, the big city in, in the whole country. The other rest of Peru is like rural areas, you know? Yeah. And when you go to the mountains, it's such like another vibe. Is there, there's like, I don't know, there's like so many like temples from the Incas, all the same thing when you go to the jungles. And when you go to Cusco, where, where Machu Picchu is, you have like the Temple of the Sun, you have Machu Picchu as well, you have Sacsayhuaman. There's such a lot of places to visit there. Yeah, what's so you you've been to Machu Picchu? I've been there once, yes. Yeah. So that's that's a place I would love to go sometime in my life. Uh it's quite a walk. <laughs> how long is it? So Usually you need to take a flight from Lima, which is probably a couple hours. And after that, you got to take a train, which is around three hours to Machu Picchu. And then like the whole, the whole walking around the area is not take you like probably half the day. But uh, for those listening, like Machu Picchu is one of the what, like ancient wonders of the world, right? Yes. It was like the, um, well, some people in Peru describe it as the beach house for this Inca um, emperor and it was like so hidden in the mountains that actually the Spanish the Spanish who came to conquer South America they never knew about this place really yeah 
Wow. So, so what was it like when you're there up at the top? Oof. Well, so Machu Picchu is divided into two parts. You have like the main city of Machu Picchu, but then you have the Huayna Picchu, which is like a mountain behind the city where I think it, it was like a cemetery, a spiritual cemetery. I wasn't able to go all the way up there, but when I was there, it was like, it was pretty cool to be honest. Like the Inca architecture was so precise. Um, I mean, it was a can you, do you know much about the Incan empire? Uh, I mean, I know a little bit about it. I'm not like too related with it. Um, I just know that their architectural, their architectural style was like, was amazing. It was like incredibly precise. Mm -hmm. They used to bring the rocks down the river all the way up the hill to Machu Picchu. Yes, to start building the city up. Wow. What do they, uh, like in school, what are some of the like most prominent things when you're going through like the educational system in Peru, like what are like three big moments that they really stress as part of the education his history wise of the country? What do you mean? Like, um, how do we emphasize history around Peru? Yeah. Like what are some notable things like in America? We all learn about like the founding fathers, the civil oh, war, yes. World War Two. Like, what do they yeah. teach in Peru that are like really big moments so, in country's history? We we learn mostly how the Spanish came to Peru. That's for sure. Okay. And we learn like the tra the classic traditions of the Incas, um, the whole Tahuantinsoyan Empire. We also know a, a little bit about like world education. Of course, we were mm -hmm. uh, we were taught about World War Two, World World War One. Yeah. But we basically, they basically teach us like a little bit of everything, but they like to, to focus in more in the story of the country. Okay. Yeah. So then what, what brought you to Chicago or, or well, Illinois, I should say? Well, that was quite, that's quite a long story. So back in 2018, um, to be honest, I didn't have an idea that I was going to come to Chicago specifically, but okay. Back in 2018, my brother got a vaccine, right? And he basically broke his leg. So in Peru, because the medicine is not that advanced, they wanted, they wanted to make like a knee replacement for a 15-year-old kid. And my parents were like, there's no way we're going to do that. Mm. So we actually flew to Miami just to see a doctor, to see his thoughts. And he was like, it's not a big deal. He doesn't need a knee replacement. We'll treat him here super quick. So I went to his like recovery, re rehabilitation. And one of those days we were bored. And I was like, hey, so how about if we just, we just go visit the University of Miami? Like, sounds fun, right? Yeah. So we went there. And after making, making the whole tour and everything, I was amazed to start with how the universities here in America are so big compared to the universities in Peru. And I was like, can I come to Soy US, please? <laughs> and my parents were like, okay, do your best. Like, take your, um, try it out. And if you get admitted, go ahead. And when I started to apply to universities, I actually, actually looked into University of Miami. I looked into University of Oklahoma and University of Illinois, other than Champaign. And I chose this university specifically because of the engineer, engineering ranking. I used to be a, a bioengineering before coming to U of I. I studied that for two and a half years. Okay. So when I get admitted to U of I, I think I basically screamed, but I was like, yeah, you're fine. Okay, I'm going to sign here like 100%. And 
and I signed without coming to the state before. I didn't know anything. Wow. Wow. That's uh, really interesting. <laughs> so you were, you were set on experiencing an American university and one that was focused on engineering more so. Yes. Wow. And now, okay, so now you're a senior and you're studying uh, what's biology. biology? Yeah, it was quite like, um, it, it was quite a change because apparently U of I did not take bioengineering students for transfer, specifically for international transfers. And they wanted me to apply for from scratch, even though I already got like two and a half years of, of you know, of, of that career back in yeah. Peru. So I was like, I don't think that's the right move, you know. The education here like costs quite a bit of money, so I'm just gonna go with the offer they gave me, which was being a chemical engineer. Okay. So um, what, what? Yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah. Um. Well, after being like a whole semester in there, like I realized this is not what I want. I want to be more focused into pharmaceuticals and all of that stuff. But chemical engineer here is more focused into the industry. And to be honest, I didn't like that. So I was like, I think I should go back to biology here. What do you mean by <clears throat> um, in the industry? Okay, so they're mo mostly focused like in, in, um, in plants, you know, industrial, industrial plants. Okay. They mo mostly teach you for that. And I was not like interested in that. I was mostly interested into research. Okay. So now, so that brings us to what, what like originally sparked your interest in biology? Oof. Well, something that sparked my interest in biology was basically to know what was going on. Because like, once, while, while I was taking my engineering in Peru, like I realized how much help like the world needs in terms of medicine for mm -hmm. quite a bit of specific conditions, right? When I came to U of I and I took like the first introductory biology class it was like okay this is basically like another world you know and i want to know about it because it's it's a it's a future yeah it's the future what 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 do you mean by that elaborate on that oh um, well to start with like crispr which was i mean i will say recently discovered it was yeah back in the 2000s like crispr right now is a future we can talk about it later like but there's so many applications on that why don't we get into it right now? Uh, describe okay. for describe for uh, listeners and viewers what is CRISPR. Well, CRISPR, CRISPR in the most simple terms here is a tool for gene editing. I think you can have with it many applications in the in the medic in the medical medical system, such as for um, you know um, people are right now trying to use it to cure syndromes like Down syndrome, maybe Alzheimer's. Also, they're using it in crop sciences. And actually, I just saw a study, like probably a couple of weeks ago, where some people were trying actually to cure blindness with CRISPR. So these are some big, big uh, challenges that this is potentially yes. can solve. What exactly is CRISPR? Is it... Is it a technology? Is it a like 
uh, stem cell or, or what exactly is it? <laughs> well, so if we go back a little bit in time, um, CRISPR is something found in bacteria. The bacteria, the most common meaning of, of, of a bacteria is a bacteriophage. And CRISPR, it was basically a system um, localized inside the bacterial DNA that helped to, com to combat the bacteriophages. So it was like a defense mechanism. So is this, is this like a, is CRISPR like an actual uh, biological thing or is it yes. a technology? No, it's actually a, a thing that happens in bacteria and they use it to defend against bacteriophages, which is a kind of viruses which infect bacteria. Okay, so how, do, how does it work? CRISPR? Okay, so if we, I'm gonna talk a little bit about biology here. Please do. Okay, so CRISPR. Okay, so we're gonna go about this. We have a DNA sequence, right? Let's imagine we have a DNA sequence of a bacteria, right? Yeah. And a bacteriophage comes and they're like, oh, I like this bacteria. I'm just gonna insert my, my RNA here. The um, genome of the bacteria has already in like his system, like saved that sequence that the bacteriophage is infecting to the, the bacteria. So as soon as the bacteria detects that sequence, he's gonna synthesize this protein called the Cas9. The Cas9 has a helicase activity, and by that I mean that it can cut through the, through the genome. So the um, bacteriophage is gonna come, it's gonna infect the bacteria with that RNA, the bacteria is gonna synthesize the Cas9, and the Cas9 is just gonna destroy the genome. So what makes, so it's gene editing, right? Yes. What makes so, it? Yeah, go ahead. So yeah, um, when it comes to gene editing, so there's like another mechanisms involved in CRISPR. For example, it's gRNA. And when it comes to um, gene editing, like in research, what we use is uh, sgRNA. The sgRNA is something that is like a sequence of probably 20 nucleotides long that is gonna pair up with a sequence of your, of your interest. And the sgRNA works as a guide for the Cas9 to go like, oh, here you are, I'm just gonna cut here. So what, what makes it different than say like, uh, we've heard terms like genetically modified uh, foods or seeds or like what makes this technology or <clears throat> breakthrough different than before when we've been able to like edit genes in a way or manipulate them in a way well this technology actually is quite cheap as <laughs> uh, like actually the um, the girl the doctor who discovered crispr i think her name is jennifer uh don't don't not she said yeah crispr compared to other gene editing tools this one is way cheaper and way more effective so that's the big thing is like it's astronomically cheaper than yes everything else yes it's way cheaper and um i feel that um it's i think it's quite easier to use if you know like all the theory behind it because each organism is different but okay. whenever with whatever with which organism you want to work with like you you gotta know how to apply for it so So is it the same? So has this, um, 
So the reason it's, it's, let me think. So this is like a really big deal in the science community. Yes. Um, is it because it's just that much cheaper than everything else? Is that the uh, big thing or? Yeah, it's like, because like mostly everyone can get their hands on it, to be honest. And there is where it comes to bioethics because like, I remember like a while ago that I think there was this Chinese doctor called Dr. He, who he was, who was able to actually modify the whole organism of a fetus back in China. Mm -hmm. And it involved such a big controversy with CRISPR. Yeah, that's uh, okay. So what, what are, okay. So to summarize CRISPR is it's a gene editing tool. Yes. That we can apply and take out certain uh, DNA that creates this or that. Yes. Um, and we can do it much cheaper that it makes us allow it, it allows us it's so cheap that it allows us to do it yes um and it also works for like to knock out genes specifically there's like editing genes and knocking out the gene knocking out the gene is like basically shutting it off so it's no longer fun uh, functional okay so what <clears throat> So what are the potential, like, what is the range of things that CRISPR can do? To be honest, uh, up to, this point, I, I, to be honest, up to this point, I feel the possibilities are quite infinite. Like, uh, people have been trying to solve Down syndrome, Alzheimer's. There's, they, people have also been trying to change the pigmentation of your eyes with CRISPR. <laughs> so it's infinite. I will say yes, because like, as I said, it's a, it's a tool to edit your genes. Like every single gene in your body is going to code for something and it's going to show a different phenotype. So you can basically do anything with it. So that's all with living people. Or, yes. Um, also, it works with plants though. That's where my research right now is focused in crop sciences. Okay. So, but people are most excited about applying this to humans right yes because they some people actually feel that CRISPR is like the solution for these kind of diseases so could that okay so theoretically this this stuff can happen how applicable how soon is it applicable or is it applied already i'm British. i mean if i'm being right like Actually, some people have been saying like they have to start experimenting like CRISPR in humans to see the effects. But as I said, for example, here in the US, um, this needs to be like really controlled, really controlled, I would say, because like then we have something like to what happened in China. Like this doctor comes here and like modify the whole organism of a, of a, of a fetus. I don't think that's like ethical. So the question with with this type of stuff is like the United States could say, or like United States, like NATO or, um, or United nations could say, we agree on this for bioethics, but what's not to say that another country goes rogue mm -hmm. and views something differently about it. Yeah. Because I think in China, there's no limitations to experiment with, with fetuses, but here in the U S there definitely is. 
Okay. What what excites you most about CRISPR? It's just the fact that um, you are able to change. Um, for example, you're able to knock out a disease. You are able like to cure people. So if like how okay, so if I'm um it's almost like by saying you have like it can do infinite things, it's hard to come up with examples of what it could do. Uh so we have say Alzheimer's, right? Alzheimer's, yep. Some someone with Alzheimer's right now could could we using CRISPR eliminate their Alzheimer's and they'd be some like, people fine are trying to. yes, some people are trying to, because like Alzheimer's is made by the protein misfolding and people are trying actually to look into the gene that causes that. So what they want to do is like apply CRISPR to that specific gene. So no protein misfolding, you know, happens and Alzheimer's doesn't happen. So, so there's like, <clears throat> so then that's it. They don't have Alzheimer's anymore. I can't, uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure how it works, but that's the whole point of this. So someone wakes up, say, say they're like 83 years old and they have Alzheimer's. Is that, okay. well, I don't know the median age of Alzheimer's, but so they have Alzheimer's and then one day they go in for a procedure and then they come out. And they don't have Alzheimer's, like. To be honest, like I'm not hundred percent hundred percent sure if it works like that. I don't think it will be like that easy. But I mean, if it's a possibility, yes. But uh, Chris, I think CRISPR also has like the limitations of in which age you should apply it, right? Because it's like if you apply it in your early childhood, you you still have like your whole life to develop your organism. But if you apply it when you're like eighty three years old, it's quite hard to you know to insert a gene and let your body get used to that gene. So this gets into the like, uh, so you and I are mm -hmm. young and yes. this technology can be applied throughout our lifetimes, but someone who's older is going to miss out on this, right? It can be, yes, because of their organism. Their organism is not is not like such metabolic advanced as ours. Their metabolism, your metabolism, like slows over the course of the years, right? Yeah. And right now we're in a really young age where we have our metabolism at top, and I think it will be easier for us to adapt if we were inserted to CRISPR than for people who are who are already like eighty three years old. Plus, um, once you like get older and older and older there's gonna be like more mutations in your DNA, which actually can trigger cancer, it can trigger su such a bunch of stuff, to be honest. Wait, say that again? So as you get older- uh... As you get older, you are more susceptible to get like, for example, cancer and other diseases, right? Okay. It's because like, um, when, it's because like also your organism, like it's gonna confront mutations and those mutations are actually gonna, you know, maybe you have cancer or maybe Alzheimer's disease or, another kind of disorders. So, so young people right now, we, this technology comes out. It looks like for the, it looks like we can live 
healthier as we get older, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. With some of these things. And that's exciting for us, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. What about someone who's a toddler right now? Like, what will this mean for them in their lifetime? For people who are like older? You know, toddler, like two, three years old. Actually, that's um, that that's where it comes like the main like point in bioethics as well. Is because like let's say something who, who who is like you know just a newborn or between the between the first five years of their life, right? Let's say they got Down syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. They can use CRISPR to actually knock out the gene of which causes Down syndrome, and they can live a pretty normal life. This is what what did you say the cutoff was? Oh, to call up the gene that causes uh, Down syndrome. And after that, they can have a pretty normal life. But like at what this can happen at any age, potentially? I'm not 100% sure, to be honest, but most of the people are actually, most of the research are actually trying to focus on like newborns just because of that, because like their metabolism is still young and their organism is still young. So they have their whole (coughs) lifetime to to develop. That's what I'm curious about. Like on the, on the scale, we, we now have this gene editing ability Yes. on this like human life cycle scale right now, as it sits, like you and I are, are fairly young. We're, we're leaning towards the younger part of the scale. Um, is it like, do you have to, the, the closer you are to being a newborn, the easier in your lifetime it will be to apply this stuff? The easier it gets, yes. Right, I guess, so my question with this is, did we miss out? Are we part of it still? Or are we like right in a great spot? I think we are just in that great spot, to be honest, because like okay. we're still young. We have like a whole life ahead of us. So yeah. I think it's still possible for people of our age to apply it. Do you feel like the technology, the biotechnology of CRISPR will get better and better and better as far as? Def- like- most definitely, yes. Why do you feel things like this in biotechnology will be um, common in our lifetime? You mean like in the future? Yeah. Because like, Nowadays, like, um, we have people trying to look up for solutions for everything. So I'm pretty sure that this field is going to increase over the next year, to be honest. There's a high demand when it comes to people who know how to handle these, um, these mechanisms. And they're going to want to teach more and more people how to do this stuff. Exactly. And my prediction for this is just like over the next 10 or 20 years, this technology is just going to grow exponentially. So, yeah, like, how do they, when it comes to bioethics, like, who has to agree to what and, like, what, you know, is it by country? Is it by, uh, and, like, what what potential, like, dangers are there? Or, like, 
uh, gray areas well, of it. Something that is really controversial right now, specifically these days with CRISPR, is that it's just like let's say we genetically genetically modified like let's say a human newborn just to be smarter. I don't know how is that possible, but people will be like will be like, oh well, he has an advantage on us because like, he was genetically modified and he's gonna be smarter than us, and that can cause so, some discrimination upon us. So something I'm curious about is like right now we talk about when we talk about discrimination it's a lot about uh skin color ethnicity will there be a point where the discrimination is against like it's like genetically modified humans and then like non-genetically modified like born humans so yes sadly i think so yes Specifically for like, um, you know, for job appliances, let's say someone who has like this uh, syndrome or these problems. And this guy was born with the same syndromes and same problems, but he was CRISPR. So this, he doesn't have them anymore. They're going to, I mean, he's going to get a job. And that takes into disadvantage that people who actually have like these diseases are, they're not able to afford it. What's the, what's the cost? You said it's cheaper to do it now. Like, uh, like, would it, is it so cheap? Well, I don't know. Well, to give you an idea, like, I think in my lab, I spent around a um, hundred dollars just to get GDN, GDNA, which I actually make it sgRNA. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically you have like a template of DNA and from there you make an you make RNA and you keep that RNA and you use it as sgRNA so the cast line can go to the gene of interest you want. So you did this stuff for a hundred bucks. Basically. <laughs> basically, but after that you you need to have like the whole machinery, you need to do a lot of sequencing, um, you need to take a look into the mutations, then you need to take a look if like that Cas9 will actually will cut in the sgRNA where your genome is. So will there... like yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. So one of the questions I actually have up to up to this moment with CRISPR is like, okay, the sgRNA is only twenty nucleotides long, right? Twenty base pairs long. So um, you're trying to target a sequence of interest. So how do you make sure that? this sgRNA is going to target your sequence of interest and not other sequences. Mm. Because it's like, you can have this same sequence in another gene that codes for another, that encodes for another thing. And you actually do not want to knock out that gene. So that's my main question here with CRISPR. Like, it's like, how do, how do, are you sure that this sgRNA is going to bind to your gene of interest and not to another area you don't want to? Has that been tested yet? Um, I'm not quite sure to be honest, like, but in part of my research, actually, I'm trying to send everything for sequencing. I'm going to have the results pretty back soon. So I'm going to have like some results. <laughs> and what about that, in that humans? Be able to see. I got no idea how can that be applied in humans, to be honest. Like, there's like another topic in CRISPR where, which comes to primer design. That's another topic that's not like my specific area, but as more accurate your primary is, the more accurate your sgRNA is going to also bind to the sequence of interest. 
So we haven't, we haven't tested this in humans yet. So we don't know for sure, but theoretically, this is theoretically stuff- possible. Yes. Yeah. It's, this is like the stuff of the future. That's hundred percent sure. Some yeah. people I'm pre, I'm, I'm like confident that they're trying this technology in humans. Like some scientists, I'm hundred percent sure that they've designed an sRNA like with the specific binding they want. So it doesn't go anywhere else. So this, this is really like a turning point in the human story in a way, right? Yep. Like back in the 1940s, 1920s, like people were, you know, it was physics because people were like, oh, the existence of molecules or they were just discovering the elements. And now we have CRISPR in biology which is actually a tool that can solve like health problems. So this is basically like this technology is just born. So it's, it's just going to evolve over time. And now with like the way the, the 21st century has, well, I mean, technology in general, but uh, everything is compounding. All the technologies mm-hmm. are getting better and better, quicker and quicker. Uh, and it's, it's not going to stop, of course, in, on that pace. And this is like a, a profound thing that can impact the human phenomenon. Mm-hmm. That's like really intense to think about, isn't it's it? Intense and controversial a little bit, right? I wouldn't say a little bit, a lot, right? A lot, yeah. So this technology is available. And because it's it's cheap, it's evolving over time, and it's like a matter of time till people actually start applying it into humans. But there's also like the the conspiracy theories, you know, that goes behind all of this. So name name a conspiracy theory. Why okay, one of these is like um okay, let's say diabetes or let's say a condition. Okay, let's say a random condition, okay? Um, this pharmaceutical, for example, provides such a, lot of, uh, such a lot of medicine for people who have this specific condition. Let's say cancer, okay? That's a really big one. Okay. Um, why, why, would, why would pharmaceuticals would like to cure cancer when they actually get millions and millions and millions of dollars from the treatments there? That's a great right? point. Right? So up to this moment, I think like CRISPR is going to stay in research, in research mode, probably till for a long time, to be honest. You there's think? Such a big wow. Yeah. There's such a big controversy right now with pharmaceuticals that, you know, there is something that stopped us specifically. So So being sick is very profitable for a lot of way well profitable yes like for example let's say like um okay let's say i contract a virus i'm really 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 sick and i need some medicine actually no that example doesn't go with this but um let's say okay let's say i have diabetes right and there's a way actually to cure diabetes over CRISPR, which I don't know if it's possible, but let's say there's a way to cure it. Okay. Right? Why will pharmaceuticals like us to cure diabetes if they get like tons of money from that? 
yeah. like the treatments, and, you know. Yeah. This has been exciting, but like, I feel like there's definitely going to be like, uh, uh, unless of the pharmaceutical companies buy into the, if they're the ones doing it, well, like you said how cheap it was, but mm-hmm. like companies will find a way to make it be really expensive, right? I'm pretty sure they will in the future. Yes. So what, what do you, what would you think is going to happen? Like your best guess. My best guess right now is that CRISPR is going to stay in research mode. And of course, people are going to be publishing new papers about like, oh, I did this in, in I CRISPR this in humans and all of that. But I think it's going to stay like that. We're not going to find like anything ultimate potentially like, oh, we're about to cure cancer with CRISPR or like that in like many, 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 many years. Hmm. Even though we could theoretically do it now. Even though we can theoretically do it, I don't think it's gonna come out. Just because the amount of money like cancer is is making like upon um, treatments. So then, do you feel people that are very wealthy could bypass that and then use this technology? If there's like than, cor- if, yeah. there, if there is corruption, basically yes. Would that be cor- cor- like, like I think it will be mostly corruption because you are like paying huge amounts of money just to get something that other people cannot, you know. <clears throat> but think of like we think of, say you get cancer. We we yes. have kind of this standard process that people go through to treat yeah. cancer. That chemotherapy, the pills and everything. But that's not to say like you could go try this other thing or like not, not CRISPR in general, but like any stuff that isn't considered like standard. What's the difference between like someone, someone doing CRISPR as like what's not considered standard, like. Does that make any sense? Ah, uh, no, not really. <laughs> okay. Like, like how soon before like general public mostly knows about this and like the term CRISPR is like used, like really pushed out there. So been this, like it can be years up to, up to now. It can be like, Many, many years. I don't think it's going to, I mean, it can happen years soon or in years, but my best guess is going to happen in years that people actually start like find out about like, oh, CRISPR can cure this. Like we should get like CRISPR, we should get like CRISPR vaccines or something like that. So, so right now, not a lot of people know about it. Um, I'm pretty sure they have heard the word CRISPR before, but I'm not, I'm not quite sure if they know what it means at a hundred percent. So for things to really like move, you would need, uh, say in America, right. You would need a majority and in, in any country, you would need a majority of people to like, know what it could potentially do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, and as I said, if like America's gonna start like doing research in CRISPR, I feel that this topic should be like extremely closely looked at because like 
there can be like many complications here. What What do you mean? No, like you know, uh, people starting starting to experiment in 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 humans, and that will not look good. But we have to do it at like, some point, right? Or what? Uh, so, uh, I'm pretty sure it will, it will be need to be done at some point. But for <coughs> now, though, what I know is that they're doing this in mice. So do you do you think like the first human that uh, whose DNA is edited will be looked at and like their name, they will be like remembered forever in a way? The, we, the way like Neil Armstrong was the first to walk on the moon. Yes. Like, do you think... Like I know I I'm pretty sure that in China, for example, they have been already working with this in humans, but they don't they don't make it like open to the public. And oh, yeah. as soon as someone knows, I mean, as soon as someone like starts to um do CRISPR in, in America and actually cure something which is actually huge, like cancer, yeah, yeah, I think this guy is gonna be like his name will be like mostly known around the area. So So designer babies. Uh, that's another like discrimination topic here. That, so that so so that's under CRISPR, right? That's designer yes. babies. Uh, like, describe say, what like, designer babies is for potentially. Oh, uh, okay, so by designer babies, imagine like um, this kid. Like it's, I mean, after doing like DNA tests and all of that, they already know it's gonna born for be born for example with um, Down syndrome, right? Yeah. You can use CRISPR actually to knock out that gene, as I said before, of Down syndrome of that baby, and that baby will will not have like Down syndrome all over his life. He will have he will have like a completely normal life, even though he was he was supposed to have Down syndrome. He doesn't have it anymore. But you could also then is it down the road where you could design your baby to have like this color eyes or exactly. this feature or that yep. feature yeah yeah actually like yes they can they can design actually the color of your, the, the eye color of your babies um oh I'm, I'm pretty sure like hopefully in the future like there will be a way to actually edit the genes so it has like a for example a bigger phenotype let's say like oh i want my kid to be taller and we yeah. edit the gene so the kid will be taller. So that's possible? Well, by CRISPR it will be, because like some of the applications of CRISPR, besides that gene knockout, is the um, is to actually insert a new gene. So that's, that's where this stuff really gets really interesting, begins, yeah. I feel like, right? Yep. It's like, for example, like um, I think this will apply mostly for newborns, let's say, but um Imagine we find uh, the gene that codes for your height, right? Yeah. For your height. And we'd say, oh, this is going to be like probably um, one meter or one meter 50 tall. So I want my kid to be like two meter tall. Mm -hmm. We just use CRISPR. We cut off the gene and we insert a new gene with those specific uh, conditions. So then like we hear the term like good genes. That person has good genes. She has good genes. He has good genes. Eventually, I mean, could we all just have whatever genes our parents designed us to have? Yes. If like something that, uh, something as like, um, you know, CRISPR modified fetuses comes up here, yes. So then 
so then it comes down to like the laws or the um things around that but like what's not to say like you know say china is like creates their own you know under the table like what uh, what like what there's just like so many questions about it <laughs> there is right like yeah but mostly you know um the tensions right now between us and china but uh china right now is like i think they're they're like mostly close to within their information they don't like that world right. to know about it right right unless all of a sudden like generations later there's like all these Mm-hmm. like superman type of like you said intelligence right you can edit to have more intelligence then i don't know if that's quite possible i but if there's a way to do it like by crispr you can like in the olympics like all of a sudden like how, how do you deal with the olympics if like in which you can, way like if you can edit the dna like as as babies to be uh or what what time do they do this when they're like in the egg or like before then or after that or to be honest like i'm not quite sure about that okay so so if you could design a baby to be taller or have a more muscular dna or whatever like in the olympics is that like could they not participate or like how I'll, is... I'll, I'll say that that will be considered cheating don't you think but then what if what if everybody's doing this and it's like an entire population of these types then like, what if that's the standard normalized that'll be like the new standard right right and... so like and if we're alive during that time won't there be like discrimination against us that aren't like these superhumans exactly it will be like discrimination a lot of discrimination here so like what like uh there's a there's i mean CRISPR is like such a good tool right now that we're actually looking forward forward for for it over the next years but at the same time it's like a big controversial topic right right like everything that has that can happen with this this like changes the course of like human existence right oh yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like yeah to be honest, like, and hopefully, like, in my opinion, I hope that CRISPR up to, up, I mean, up to this moment, it says, like, in research mode, I don't want it to go, like, that much further just because of the complications that it can take in the future. So you'd rather this take more time in research to find out exactly what we have mm-hmm. here, how we're going to deploy it, rather than say, like, you know, a company starts using it and just starts yeah i feel yeah. that we should spend like actually more time on research mode like researching about crispr their its utilities and all it can do before we actually start to apply to humans as i said this is like a brand new technology technology because we use it as technology yeah, yeah but it's like a brand new technology which we actually need to have further studies about it So what's not to say, though, that like someone who's we went over this before that it's harder to. With someone older. um, Like work effectively. But could a like 80 year old just be like, I volunteer to. To have this tested on me or like, is it that risky still or what? 
That's a big question. Like we don't know about that. We so we just don't know. We as we as don't know, but no, we as don't know about it. So what? What do? So how do we get to where we are now? To like to where the we ultimate CRISPR anything. <laughs> so I'll say like as soon as like more research is done, I'm pretty sure there's gonna, I mean there's gonna be like a starting clinical trials within CRISPR and you know in humans, and after many years of that. There, there actually there's not be a conclusion regarding that technology there's not going to be a conclusion you said no there's going to be a conclusion regarding okay. that technology because like okay so do you know that a vaccine like in these modern areas usually they take like 20 years to show up in the market yeah same with crispr like a vaccine a vaccine and crispr like two different things but crispr has like way more appliances right so i think it will be like quite a long time till we actually see it in action so are we you and i going to be able to use it though or are we going to miss out on that window maybe yes maybe not <laughs> as i said more studies regarding this topic need, needs to be done so we can like fully understand this yeah i think i think about that a lot of like the digital revolution computers and stuff how yeah we're kind of like on another side, like in, in the, like the human story. Like, like biological go, evolution? Well, like going digital, it's like, it's like a uh, human, it's, <clears throat> what do I want to say? It's like on the other side of this. Um, like humans, we didn't evolve to have to be around like all these screens and stuff and so it's like a very new thing it's like a it's almost biologically now with crispr it's almost like we're a, a new thing and we're like straddling it's i mean it's, put, it's putting yeah. a lot of importance on our own like lifetime and the time that we've been in when you think about the thousands of years in human history we are living right now in this like bridge to like another phase yeah as i said like uh, as i said i think we're gonna go into a bi biological era maybe a what it's possible a biological era where actually we start using crispr and new technologies start to evolve color you said cholera so what do you mean what do you mean by that like uh cholera no no i said like i feel that no, no, I said, I, I said, like, um, I feel that a new biological era, era, era. Oh, era. He said era. era. I thought he said <laughs> cholera. Pardon my accent. <laughs> but okay, yeah, I feel that a new biological era is coming. And it's just like, you know. What is more exciting than biotechnology in science right now? I'll say... Well, that's, I got, to be honest, like, that's the only thing that's been going on my mind right now. It's like yeah. CRISPR, 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 and more CRISPR. But <laughs> in terms of biotechnology, um, I'm not quite sure, to be honest. Maybe, like, um, the bioengineering field has something to do with this, like, quite a lot. Like, I feel like this, this affects, like, uh, a person so much like like biotechnology is like 
because we we uh we don't know anybody who has surpassed death yet and it's it's like the fact like technologies non-biological you know it's great we expect it to get better and better and better but like no time in like human history have we been like we can well like how do we how do we move our expiration date further Oof. right that's that's what we're like uh i mean that's that's the most exciting thing right it's like these technologies can come out but like we live a certain amount of time so it's not as intriguing as hey you could potentially like live longer and live healthier by eliminating stuff like that's that's like that hits everybody at home right it will be like the ultimate recipe for you know the um, live forever it's like a step towards that right yep like um i'm uh, like for what for what i know so far like the life expectancy over the last like decade um you know, hundreds of years has been changing just because we're getting more advanced with medicine, right? Right. And I think it's just, that's just going to keep going up. And we don't even know what we don't know yet with technology. Exactly. Biology is basically such a new field. And it's, yeah, it's just like keep evolving, to be honest. Like back in the days, it was physics. Now, right now, it's biology. Wow. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, go back to that. So it was like this century, the focus is on biology. The last century, it was physics. Yeah. And after COVID, I think the, I feel that the biological field is only going to increase. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 Because in research terms, that's for sure. Wow. It, it really kind of like, you know, what I'm thinking about a lot having this conversation is like how we're just like the human story is this long continuum and we're just on part of it. Like we don't know what's going to happen after us or like it's nope, it's, we, it's we like our story moves on no matter what we do in a way. I don't know. Right. And you know why I say this is also like... um super super young the dna like the dna was basically recently discovered it was not like such a long time ago so that's why i say like this is like the um, you know this is a new era for biology yeah this is wild <laughs> uh, wild <laughs> interesting yeah, but also like because of COVID, like there's like there's gonna be a lot of demands in such in another jobs, for example, bioinformatics, biostatistics, like everything bi biology related, probably. Well, wow. it's a lot to process. I'm like processing it. Uh, yeah, this has been a, a really insightful conversation. I, I appreciate you sharing all this with me. No, of course. My my head is expanding. 
well then on on a kind of a final note then what what's something you're excited about over the next two years i'll say mostly going to grad school <laughs> what about I... in life what <laughs> besides grad school but yeah of like course. uh like, so... the, yeah are you talking about like in general like for everyone yeah so in the next two years like i hope that COVID pandemic will be over uh-huh. but i you know like every every three or four months we have like a new variant so yeah hopefully there's like a point where it, where it stops so from two years from now i hopefully that technology advances like a little bit more in terms of vaccines and all that just to fight the COVID, the COVID pandemic because like a lot of money is put into this just to get rid of it do you, yeah so these these variants keep coming up what as uh someone in biology like what what is your thought on on covid and if it like the variants I, I don't know i don't even know what i'm asking my mind <laughs> is so blown from the conversation from crispr <laughs> yeah uh, but in terms of covid like i feel that there will be a point in which it will stop that's for sure i'm not quite sure when but as soon more variants start to showing up the less effective our the vaccines will be you know yeah because right now we have omicron and omicron I mean, some data already says that uh, Moderna vaccine actually fights Omicron, but Pfizer doesn't. So, you know, okay. it's kind of like a game right now. Yeah, that's something you love hearing. So you're yeah. <laughs> that all these viruses are just a game. Yeah, uh, but pandemics have been present over like of all over. I mean, all over our existence is right. just like I feel. I feel. I don't know why I saw like last time that actually. A pandemic of this level actually happens every hundred years. In the 1920s, it was a Spanish flu, and right now we have COVID. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's just part, and yeah, it's, it's part of nature. Yes. Unless we can edit it out in the future, right? It will be great to be honest, but I don't know if that's gonna be applied for viruses. Like the system of viruses is like completely different than the system in humans. So there's actually a yeah. there's actually a section of, of biology called virology, which is a study okay. of viruses. It's like a completely different organism. Wow. So CRISPR, so would okay, so would CRISPR work for viruses eventually or no? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Because, like as I said, the main purpose of CRISPR in bacteria was to defend against the viruses, like the bacteriophages, right? Yeah. But that's the bacteria, not in humans. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. And there's like in your human body, like there's such I mean, so much going on, even things we don't know yet. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to so, just know everything right now? Oh, we don't. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't, so we have to keep working at it, don't we? Yes. Yeah. It's just like, as I said, discover, discover, research, and more research. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. This has been so fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, thank you so much for inviting me. I really like the conversation here. Thanks for listening to Rich Conversations. Again, you can follow Raphael on Instagram at Raphael underscore A1206. Take the time 
to appreciate the gift of life and where we sit on the timeline of the human story. Be grateful and humble.